Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and this podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wealth, quantum physics, and spirituality. I help bring you practical tools to be able to understand and utilize the subtle energy realms to work for you to create the most abundant life. I have been everything from a single mom living off food stamps, being a makeup artist and feeling so lost, to building a six-figure business, attracting the love of my life, traveling the world and feeling incredibly aligned with my purpose here on earth. With my background in healing and being on the road to getting my PhD in integrative medicine myself, along with many other incredible guests, are going to share with you how to actually change your habits and shift your frequency so you can begin to live the life that you know you were meant to. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Let's do this. Everybody, I am so happy to have you here um, and really just kind of having this conversation together because, I mean, this podcast in particular is all about, yes, healing, yes, creating abundance and alignment and all of these kind of words that I'm sure you're hearing over and over. Um, but I also want to take the opportunity to be able to talk to you about probably what you're struggling with, right? A lot of times when uh, an episode piques somebody's interest, it's because they're like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm experiencing that. And today I wanted to, to talk to you a, a little bit about your thought patterns because there's this study that was done at Harvard. And I, um, I learned this study through, a, I was sitting in a, a discourse, a, a lecture um, earlier this morning. And it's said that um, 88% of your thoughts that you have daily, so I, I can't remember, it's something like, something like 60,000 thoughts a day, but 88% of them are repetitive. You think the same thoughts every single day or some variation of it. And which first of all, I was like, oh shit, literally as soon as I heard that, I was like, you're right. Like we do kind of think the same thoughts. You know, a lot of times they revolve around um, your relationships. They often revolve around your career, your kids, your family, um, and then also your body, how you feel about your body, Um, even down to clothing, what you're doing to your skin, what you're um, ingesting as far as food, the new diet that promises certain things. The reason that you're on this diet is because you feel a certain way about your body, right? So 88% of these thoughts are every single day. And then 80% of those thoughts are negative, which equates to 70.4% of your thoughts every single day that you have for your entire life are of a negative nature. And oftentimes, like, you know, we, I've kind of said, like, everything is neutral. But the reason that it is negatively or charged is because of the meaning that you give to it. And to me, when I, I was listening to this, this talk and I heard this, I was like, holy shit. Here's the thing. Um, when you turn on the news, when you 
you know, look at the world around you, when you look at your relationships, when you look at the conversations that you have, when you look at the type of environment that, that you have at work, what is it like? Really, I'm asking you to ask yourself right now, what does it actually feel like? Because your reality, what you're experiencing in the world, in your, your family, in your direct relationships, in your community, is a byproduct of that 70.4%, right? Most of the time, I think this is why, you know, the, there's that same uh, misery loves company. It's because 70% of their thoughts are of a negative undertone, have this vibration and this frequency that is pain, that is fear, that is shame, right? And, and we spend so much time there. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And it's even being studied even more right now. And I'm really enjoying. So if this is your first time listening to this podcast and you're unfamiliar with some of my history, um, I have a background as a, um, I ran, I built, now this is my third business. Um, but I started in a cosmetology world, was really helping people feel better by looking better. And I, I recognized um, the reason that my clientele always stayed was because I actually made them feel better. Um, I then like moved on to become a personal trainer, a yoga teacher, and now doing what I do now um, as an energy healer. Um, and so that's kind of encompasses all of what I, I do now. And, and what I've noticed is over all of the years, I mean, hours and hours, when I say probably over 100,000 hours of talking to people in such a way that you are delving into what's going on in their mind. And that's really how my lash uh, practice did so well, um, or my lash business was because what made their experience unique was that they didn't come to me and just lay there and take a nap. They came there and they shared some of their darkest secrets. I knew the first time somebody had cheated on their husband. I knew before anybody else that somebody was pregnant. I was the first person that they told that they were going to elope. I was, you know, like I got privy to all of these, this information and because of who I am and the way that I am, it was always like, what made you decide these things? I naturally have always kind of gravitated towards being curious about the workings of our mind and our thought patterns. So now I am in a, a program, a PhD program for integrative medicine. And integrative medicine really focuses on you as a whole, including body, mind, and spirit. So this is not just a practice of healing your physical body, but the, the way that I practice now is very much integrating your five bodies. And there's a, a whole uh, podcast episode on that that you can, can kind of review. And one of them is your mental body. And from the mental body, is where about 90% of all physical disease comes from. Because most of what we're dealing with as a society, right, is things like autoimmune diseases. Things that they're like, I don't know why it's happening. Doctors, you know, allopathic doctors um, can't really explain why these things are. All they're doing is helping you subside the physical symptoms. But when you take allopathic medicine, that's why there's this whole slew of side effects. They're giving you something that yes, solves that problem, but they don't take you into account as a whole person. It starts, you really start to be dissected and really only 
which is has a place. It does have a place. That's why there's that 10%, right? There's that 10% of accidents, you know, car accidents and, and things like that where, you know, like my son was skipping monkey bars and fell, hit his arm, broke his wrist. We had to get a cast. Like there are, there's a purpose for all of those, but we've swung so far one way that we have really become over the past decades thinking that the mind is very separate from the body. And what we're finding out from all of these studies is that actually most disease actually originates in the mind. And then the physical manifestation is the byproduct of a sick mind and not sick as in bad or there's anything wrong, but our society has not taken care of our mind. We have not been kind and gentle with it. We have not looked at it with curiosity and kindness and love and said, how can I care for this better? How can I care for my spirit better? How can I do things that actually make me feel better as a whole human being, not just get rid of my symptom? And so that's really what my, my practice is doing is looking at you as a whole. And if 90% of your physical ailments are coming from your mind, that is something to be addressed. If 90% of those, again, are coming from your mind and 70% of the thoughts that you're thinking on a daily basis have a low vibrational frequency to them, are rooted in fear, are rooted in disconnection, are rooted in shame and distrust and disloyalty, then why do you think we are experiencing such a massive amount of disease? You know, it can really only be said that we really need to begin to look at our mind. We need to look at our, our spirit energetically and kind of what's happening. I think this is part of the reason why I was drawn to a, a yoga practice. Um, I've actually been practicing now for about a decade and um, religiously practicing um, or frequently where I actually feel like I had a practice um, for about the last, I would say, five to six um, before it was, you know, I, I started in Bikram yoga and I really loved that they had a, a specific sequence. Um, I appreciated that because it, it felt, it didn't feel like my nervous system was trying to take in new information and be overwhelmed, but it was so damn hot in there. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> but um, you know, and, and, but the thing is, I've found that, you know, there is no, it is the only thing that comes remotely close to what uh, I always like to joke is the yoga high, especially if you're in the yoga community or you've ever, you know, practiced yoga, you know what I'm talking about. It's this feeling afterwards that you literally cannot describe to people. It has to be felt. And it's because yoga is this incredible practice that combines both the autonomic nervous system, right? This, this nervous system that is just responding and also your somatic nervous system. So your somatic is your voluntary nervous system. You actually have, have two and this is where one is more of the rest and digest and one is more of the fire flight. That's kind of, I know that you've probably heard those terms, but they have specific purposes. And what happens is when we experience something that um, switches on our, um, our, our fight or flight response, right? We have our, our 
parasympathetic um, and our sympathetic nervous system. And when we have the, the response of fight or flight right away, it's that in that moment, it is to protect us. Um, it is to be able to, in that moment, survive. Now, now, um, the, the difference is that what happens when the autonomic nervous system switches on and is, is activated, right? Then what you do repeatedly when you're approached with a similar feeling, right? So in the moment, you have where your, your body can often disassociate. Your spirit and your mind kind of disassociate from your physical body. Your physical body is there, but you often hear of these experiences of people that when something traumatic is happening, and again, trauma or traumatic does not necessarily mean, again, like rape. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean like abuse, hitting, um, things like that. It can be something as simple as, you know, a, a parent saying no to a child and the child feeling hurt by it. You know, yes, they're three or four, but it was important to them, right? And being told no and things like that can, you never, it's not like you only start to have those feelings once you're older. <laughs> like you've experienced hurt, sadness, betrayal, um, all of those things, as well as joy, compassion, and, and all of the more higher frequencies experiences from childhood. But understanding that in that moment, you may, when the fight or flight is activated, you may respond a specific way, right? In order to disassociate because you don't feel safe to be in your body. So you literally are like, great, I don't want to be here. You disassociate. And so that response can look like several things. Again, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn are, are the, the four that are, um, our body is, is going through or going to, is kind of the go-tos. But then what happens is because again, you've had that feeling when that feeling comes again and it can come from something else. So say, um, you know, you were hit a lot as a child. And so at that point, your body and your mind and your spirit start to disassociate from one another. And now you're, you know, it, it, you're working at a, an office or something like that. And somebody accidentally shoulder bumps you. They don't mean to, they've got a lot of things in their hands, but they kind of nudge you accidentally. It's a tight hallway, let's say. That feeling is similar, right? The physical body stores all of these emotions, stores all of these things that you experience that you never actually mentally or spiritually or dealt with because you were disassociated, but it still happened. So now this slight nudge of the shoulder activates these feelings, these feelings again of disassociation. So this could be, um, or, or flight, fight, you know, all of these flight, the, the four F's <laughs> flight, fight, fawn, or freeze. So now your nervous system kind of shuts down. Well, imagine when you actually need that, 
say you're walking down a dark alley, something like that, somebody bumps into you and they're trying to mug you. Instead of really being present and being able to respond coherently, you freeze, right? So it's very interesting because our body is, has so much wisdom, but we have really been, haven't been taught how to regulate and how to discharge and be able to integrate some of these experiences that have been maybe more negative. So when we look at the state of the world, because we've not been taught emotional literacy and emotional competency, and we're not looking at our mind, and we're not looking at our spirit, and we're not looking at our thought patterns with curiosity, we perpetuate this 70%, 70.4 is what, what the math comes out to, um, percent of constant negative thoughts. And most of the time, because we only experience life through our own physical vessel, through our body, a lot of time it's, it is attached to our body. We don't experience anything. We don't experience any emotion without our body. Your body is kind of this antenna. And so I, I really loved this, uh, just kind of circle back, this, this kind of uh, discourse that he gave to us. Uh, his name is Brian Kest. Um, the because him teaching yoga for so many years, you can tell so much. It's something that I, I remember the first time. So the first time I was in, in yoga teacher training, you have to do so many observation hours. So you actually have to go and watch um, other teachers teach. And I remember being brought to tears to watch people's bodies move. Oh gosh. I don't know why I'm getting a little like emotional because you can see you can see people's trauma, but you can also see people's joy. And so doing practices like yoga, yoga is really in the, the has been heavily westernized to be, um, you know, you think of it as all the physical postures and um, it, it actually, so yoga is a, in the West is practice of asanas. Often that's all you think about. You think triangle pose, you think, headstand you think all of these things and an asana <laughs> asana actually means to sit still and quiet well i'm sorry in, in a headstand do you really feel like you're sitting still and quiet and this is something that um he he talks about he's like it's really learning to utilize your body and be able to understand the wisdom of your body experience through your body. That's why um, when I teach, I always say like the four corners of your mat are a safe space to experience all of the emotions, to experience frustration, to experience things that, you know, to experience pain, to experience joy, to experience your heart opening, to experience being vulnerable, dropping your head back in something and really exposing your throat, which again, what do you think happens when you feel afraid? You don't open your, you don't lift your chin up and expose your heart and your throat. No, you tuck your chin, you tuck your shoulders in, you usually hold yourself or turn your back, your shoulder, like you try to protect yourself physically. It is a response that is automatic. But when you're looking that I want to change these 70% of my thoughts and you think I go to yoga to get more flexible, flexibility has nothing nothing to do with it. Or, 
you know, I go to, to, you know, any of these practices, Tai Chi, um, any of the practices where it can honestly be, you can even experience it during kind of any exercise, but kind of just circle back to my, my history. The reason I was telling you this is the reason I, I really started to dive deep into um, yoga and what kind of led me to the path of really owning my, my abilities as a, as a healer is that I, I recognized that yoga high that comes is unlike any endorphin high you get from running, you know, exercising, um, anything like that. It is different because yoga really helps to yoga means to yoke, to unify body, mind, and spirit. So it's really this practice of experiencing all that you are, but unifying it, not, not it being separate. You're not working out because you want your body to look different. And that's where I think some of the, the, the mistake has really happened. And it, it always, if you really start to develop a yoga practice, you will notice you will find less satisfaction in quote unquote, like achieving a posture because what you'll see is when you hit that posture, you, you start to actually feel yoga. It kind of happens hand in hand. What you maybe started as a, a great exercise or great flexibility, you know, thing to add into your, your um, workout regimen or your routine now has become this feeling of being really present being able to sit there and breathe comfortably to be able to feel that maybe strength of the pose, but also be able to soften into it. Right. And that's kind of all life. There's this, um, you know, need to actually move forward, but there's also this need to rest, right? You need to be active and you also need to rest. It's again, like the same thing, like your nervous system has two, you have two separate nervous systems. You know, you're sympathetic and you're parasympathetic, your rest and digest and your fight or flight. Like your, all of life is meant to have two sides of a coin because they complement each other and they support each other. And so if you're looking to really change some of these thought patterns, instead of jumping to notice how much, I mean, you judge your body, notice how much you judge other people, how much you talk about other people. And instead of then being like, oh, I'm talking about somebody again, or, oh, I'm saying shitty things to myself again. The practice that I've found most useful because it doesn't help to be upset with yourself or judging. Then you're just judging yourself like vicious cycle. I've actually found I smile. This is what I've taught my clients. Instead of judging the experience that you deem negative or that you don't want to have anymore, instead of looking at them like, oh shit, I'm doing it again. What if you smile and said, oh shit, I'm doing it again. Same thing, different tone, same words. But the feeling, the intention behind them is different. It's more of a playful like, ah, there's my silly mind again, you know, going down that 70% path. Like we're really trying to lasso you into this 30%. So what do you do? You notice it. You notice it, you become curious. And then the next thing that you do is you're like, what do I want to experience more of? And something that I... I, um, I've played around with 
for several months that I, this kind of came to me in a, a meditation, this like download and it's learning to be the frequency. Well, how do you be the frequency? You have to notice first what isn't, right? Two sides of every coin. Notice what isn't. What is not what you want to experience? Sometimes it's just becoming aware of that. And again, when that thought pot pattern happens that you're, you know, being unkind to yourself or you're judging other people or you're judging yourself or you're feeling shame or anger or any of these things that you don't, that you're like, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel like who I am. This is not how I want to live. Instead of judging yourself, instead, take a moment, take a pause, smile a little like, shit, there's, there it is again, because it's an opportunity to change. So then you can be like, okay, again, it, and I think this is why yoga does is such a great practice because you think that it needs to look a certain way. And really it's just kind of these feelings, these sensations and observation of the sensation. And when you're not reacting to every single observation that you have, you no longer are attached. You no longer have these quote unquote negative stories. They're not negative, they're neutral. And that's where the neutrality comes from. To really bring it full circle, that's where neutrality comes from is when you are no longer attached to that story. You can see the thought and not let it cycle and not let it go down that path. And so again, you smile, right? That's the first step. Notice it. Then the second one would be to actually replace it with something you want to feel. You start to be the frequency. And this is, okay, if I notice that I'm judging another mom, right? Like, wow, she wore that at pickup today. Hmm. Interesting. Don't judge me. I know y'all have thought it. Okay. Um, I was like, I for sure am that mom that comes in pajamas. I am also that mom that then like an hour later is showered and full face of makeup and high heels. Like I'm like, I am, I've got two extremes. Like I'm either <laughs> like sweaty, homeless looking from yoga or working out or something, or I am like done to the nine. I feel like I, I have no chill in that area. And so then you're like, okay, what do I want to be? What do I want to feel? And if you're feeling, you're like, God, I can't believe I just thought, like, why did I think that about, like, it, it did nothing for me to have that judgment around whatever she wore to pick up. Did nothing for me. Where's that coming from? That's coming from my judgment of myself. That I think I need to be a certain way to other people. I need to appear a certain way. That we've been so programmed as a society to look or be or act a certain way. Ah, there's my programming. Hello, there you are. And instead, I'm like, I see her. You know, I feel so grateful that she feels comfortable. I want to feel that comfortable. You know, I am so glad that she just comes as she is. I am constantly looking for my highest alignment. You know, so shifting, okay, what do I want to feel like? I want to feel, I want to feel happy that my kids have a school that, that, that I go and I can talk to these other moms. I'm grateful that I can cultivate these relationships. And so notice it, smile at it, step one. Step two is start to see where it actually comes from. Step three is what do you want to be? What frequency do you want to be at? For that same experience, what is the other side to the coin? Where is from the shadow that you're seeing, where can you shine light? 
That's the third thing. Right? So the, there's this, this sequence that happens and it happens over and over and over and yoga again i think that's why i was so drawn to it and you kind of you can't experience this anywhere else because it is this opportunity of body mind and spirit to all be collectively in one place and safely experience extreme emotion if you have never held a low crescent lunge or an extended side angle. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but if you're in the yoga world, you do. If not, let me explain it to you, okay? So it's like a, a lunge with your front leg. Your back heel is actually down at like 45 degrees. So think like warrior one, right? I feel like a lot of people are familiar with warrior, warrior one. Back heel is down, lunging into front knee. Let's say in warrior one, your arms are lifted above your head. Okay, an extended side angle, all of a sudden you start to tip over that bent leg and you reach towards the the wall or whatever is in front of you but your obliques have to fire so much to be able to hold you up and hover right so you're like dang if that doesn't challenge you to really be present because your thigh is burning your arms are burning your obliques are burning it's hard to keep your back like there's a lot that you're experiencing and so it gives you a safe space, safe space through these postures to be able to experience extreme emotion where you're like, I want to fucking give up. I want to drop my arms. This is hard. This hurts. This is physically hurting me. And to be able to stay for another breath, you're okay. Right? To be able to reprogram all of these neural pathways that were created in your original experience to experience these same emotions and be able to repattern them repave these roads into something that you want to experience that you actually want to be that frequency where your mind instead of letting it take you down that path of pain and suffering you do start to see it with okay that i'm here breathing i'm here for however many breaths i'm okay i'm safe i'm just experiencing a lot it's okay to experience a heightened state of sensation and awareness nothing's happening to me you know, maybe I'm going to be a little sore tomorrow, but that's it. Like, and that's just physical. My body will repair itself. I know it does. It does every single time I'm safe. And so when you're looking to reprogram these 70% of negative thought patterns, it starts with becoming aware. And I think that's why, again, I, I kind of keep bringing it back to yoga because it is this great space to be able to experience them and, and then reprogram these, um, these connections in your brain. Literally, your physical neurons um, create new synapses, new connections by just experiencing something different, by having that thought and not having it in the same way, by not it being so emotionally charged that it travels down that path. And so, but you'll do it in living life. Like, and that's when there's always kind of the saying that it's like the yogic lifestyle. It's that they've learned to have this equanimity, this non-reactivity towards all things that the fact that we're currently experiencing their you know extreme pain in ukraine you have that empathy you have that feeling but it doesn't make you angry if anything you're like you know what i need more of there needs to be more love the frequency that i'm seeing in the world is of the 70 percent i want to be that 30 percent i want to have those 30 percent of those great uplifting high vibrational emotions and experiences, that's what I want to put more out into the world. I don't want to sink to that level, that frequency. 
of fear of pain. I instead am going to choose to emanate something of a higher frequency because I want more of that in the world. And that's really where I think the power of change comes from. Uh, you didn't know I was going to get so deep, did you, right? You just thought this was like a little mindset challenge and here we are uh, talking about all things that are going on in the world and how to actually become a higher vibrational being to be able to hold that so more people can experience that. The more that you do for yourself in being able to heal yourself, the more the world heals. Because we like attracts like. It is a law. It is a law of physics. So they're always trying to kind of get to that place of, of harmony, of balance. And so, of course, you're going to attract similar frequencies. So if you are living more in that 30% and that is really starting to take over more of your mind, then you are attracting more people like that. You are inspiring more people to be like that, which does change the world. You have that power. You have that power by just being able to notice your thoughts, being able to shift the way that you think about things. You may have to do it every single time you have that thought for a while. That's why I said do it with a smile. Instead of judgment, instead of shame, instead of anger that, ugh, I had that fucking thought again. It was so mean. Where does it come from? It usually comes from hurt, from suffering, from pain that you're not willing to look at or haven't looked at or, or don't want to experience or avoiding. And then once you bring that into the light, you can begin to shift it. You can begin to look at it differently. You can begin to see that trauma is your greatest teacher. It is the place where you can actually learn the most. It's the place where you can actually experience the most love as a byproduct. All of us have trauma. You are not alone. And there's no like, my trauma is worse than yours bullshit. Because you don't know anybody else's life. What for one person is extremely painful is like, eh, no big deal to another person. Given their history, given their experiences, given the way that their physical body, their mind and their spirit have reacted in those moments. So you don't know. There is no trauma comparison. <laughs> there is no way to compare it because, again, because of what we give meaning to things is going to always be different. Your trauma is always going to be different. So there are no two ways that are going to be right for anybody to heal. All you can control is yourself. All of you can, all that you can heal is your thought patterns. But by doing that, by healing your mental body, there's this trickle down effect, your vital body, then it is impacted your energy which then impacts your physical body. So things, again, when we talk about the 90% of physical disease comes from your mind, you are literally healing your physical body by healing your mind. You're healing other people by healing your mind. It is such a, it's like that one drop of water that then trickles down for, you know, that butterfly fly effect, right? It, it trickles out through the entire lake, through the entire ocean. It has impact. So begin to notice, begin to notice your thought patterns today. Maybe you even want to write them down. 
So you can become aware of the, the things that really are prominent right now and then write what you want to feel instead. Write down what, where that comes from. Write how you want to change what frequency you're at. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you're going to do some of these exercises and begin to, to take notice. I talk a lot about getting curious, but it's because it really opens up the, the space for change and the space for healing and the space for playfulness. It doesn't have to be so serious. Again, fucking smile, damn it. <laughs> Stop shaming yourself. Instead, it's just, it's just the condition. It's just the pattern that, that, that you've picked up on because of where your life has been. But the great thing is change is constant. So your life can be somewhere different. And it can be somewhere different because you become a frequency that you've wanted to feel. And by doing that, you change. You change the world. You change the people around you, which impact the world. So be the frequency. Make the change. Start to notice. Get curious. If you love this episode, please, please, please share it with your friends. You can share it on Instagram. Tag me. I love to see who's listening. So you can always tag me at Shalane Carter. Um, It's one of my favorite things to actually see who listens because I can see how many listeners I can, you know, see how many people listen and things, but I can't actually see who it is. And I love community. We heal in community. You guys, if if you've ever listened to any of my episodes, it's one of the things I'm really passionate about. It's why I do a lot of group work. It's why I've started hosting retreats. Um, all those things. If you have any questions about any of those things, group work, breath work, um, group healing, individual sessions, retreats, you can always shoot me a message. Um, but other than that, I, I just, I really love to see you listening to the episodes, sharing the episodes. And again, sharing this episode is one of those things that you can do to impact other people, to share the frequency, to be the frequency that you want to feel and that you want to see in the world. So I love you all. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe so that way you get notifications when you get a new episode with more wisdom, more funny, more you know, practical applications for spirituality, for healing, so that way you can truly become your highest potential. I love you. Cheers. <laughs>